Uh, favorite superhero has got to be Green Lantern. Mm, um, knew it. This is this has got to this has got to tie into Dungeons and Dragons and role playing, but it fits so well because that was the first taste I ever got of role playing. Um, was role playing as Green Lantern trying to beat Superman, who was sitting right next to me, uh, in like this hypothetical like proto D and D, just rolling a D twenty in a cup holder. Um, so yeah, Green Lantern is, is very close to my heart. My dad has a ton of old comics, um, and a lot of them are the early Green Lantern comics where he didn't actually have a ring. Uh, he found a meteorite, um, and carved it into a lantern and he was actually a train engineer. <laughs> I know. Of, of all the yeah. weird things. All aboard the Green Lantern train. Choo wait, wait. Choo. So a meteorite drops into your back forty acres, right? You walk well, up to it, you say, "It was while you know I was driving this train. into." <laughs> Always driving, but the first thing you think to carve it into is a lantern. This one, he's an lantern. engineer. He's a train engineer, so he has to like hold up a lantern or something. <laughs> that, I don't but know dude, if that's yeah, accurate. Alan Scott, Alan Scott, the original Green Lantern. So yeah, I've I've always loved Green Lantern because he's powered by creativity, essentially. Like just like me. He can do anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> just like all of us deep down. But yeah, yeah. I, I love Green Lantern. That's, you know, um he's not my favorite, but he's definitely in like the top five. But he's important to me because I actually met you during a D D session with Green Lantern. Oh yes. And wow. isn't you were, that, you were isn't playing that very weird Blue Beetle. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I was Booster Gold. Booster Gold. Oh, oh, was it was Blue Beetle with us? Um, it was Booster Gold. Oh, Adam West. We had Batman Adam was West with us. as Batman. Yep. <laughs> of course. We oh, may have had Blue man. Beetle, but I didn't know who that was at the time because I was not really up on superhero stuff. Um, I grew up on Spider-Man, the animated series, back on Fox Kids. Oh yeah. And yeah. Batman, the animated series. So it's no surprise that um, instead of choosing, I'm just going to say Batman and Spider-Man are my two favorite heroes. It's a it's a tie. There is wow. no way to decide. Um, Very different heroes. I think that there is an easy way to decide, and that is it is make the, them fight. Make them fight. <laughs> well, the Batman wins. Let them yeah. fight every time. Every time. <laughs> I think I think mine is definitely the most random. Oh boy. Of superheroes, well, maybe not the most random. He's definitely not uh, what people would call a common pick. Okay, quit uh, quit monologuing, wow. David. Just spit He's it stalling. Out. He's like trying to think of I'm something. Stalling. He's like, oh, God. think it's of like... a single superhero. Come on. <laughs> he, he did say he, so he's narrowed it down to only male heroes. Oh, so 90. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, mine is Shazam. Yuck. Oh. Yes. Shazam's great. Shazam oh. is such a cool hero. He's a little kid who could just turn into like a really buff superhero that can like manipulate lightning and he's just like he's basically Superman but just a little kid inside. Wait a minute. A, a little boy inside the body of a grown man? David Shazam is you. <laughs> Maybe that's why I like him so much. Dude, Shazam is amazing. Oh. Like I, oh, yeah, I remember reading the Injustice comic um, and he, I can't remember who's with him. I think it might be the flash, um, or, or someone else, like a, like a bigger hero. And he's sitting there like the, you know, this huge buff sculpted square jaw man. And he's crying as they're looking at a computer screen, um, of like some battle that's happening. And he's just like bawling. And like the other superhero looks over, he's like, Hey buddy, you okay? And he just looks over with tears in his eyes and goes, I've never seen a dead body before. Ooh. And it's just like heartbreaking because you're like, yeah. holy crap, this is this is a child that is witnessing yeah. this. Like this is not this mm-hmm. huge buff. Like it's a child in there. And oh man, it's so great. Welcome to Vox Arcana. I'm William. I'm Jake. I'm David. And this is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast, episode 19, the super random special. But today, we're actually not talking about Dungeons & Dragons. We're talking about something very near and dear to our hearts. Um, contrary to what you might have believed from the title, this episode is not based on a bunch of random topics or even <laughs> random tables. Well, 
Anyway, it's actually based on an RPG that Jake and I designed called Super Random. So Jake, tell me about how this whole thing started. Okay, so um, originally, back when we were just getting involved in role-playing games um, and tabletop RPGs, we were thinking about making our own system, and I think this was before 5th edition came out, or maybe when it was in beta testing, something like that. And so we were just not RPG gurus by any means. Um, But we were thinking about cool things to do with the D20 dice. Um, I think, I don't know about you, my one experience with Dungeons & Dragons involved way too much math um, and a dungeon master that was actively trying to kill us. Um, And it was not fun at all. So yeah, my experience with Dungeons and Dragons was kind of bad. So we were like, what else can we do with this mystical dodecahedron or whatever the actual uh, (laughs) geometrical term is for the the D20 dice? We're like, what can we do with this? And we're thinking, oh, superheroes at that point, that was right when the wave was cresting. You know, it wasn't like Mm -hmm. how it is today where we're just inundated with it. Um, We're thinking, oh, superheroes are great. We're all fans of superheroes. Let's think of a system that we could do to somehow randomly generate superheroes and then we can play as like the Avengers or the Justice League or the Suicide Squad or whatever. And we could kind of do these cool missions as superheroes that were all randomly generated that we got to to play as. I came up with this idea in like 2012 and just we did, nothing much came of it. I just pitched what if we wrote down a bunch of superpowers on little like little slips of paper and we put them in a fishbowl and then you basically are like, okay, let's make a superhero and you rummage around and pull out a superpower and then you write that down and then you start building a hero off of that. Um, maybe if it's a bad power, you draw two of those superpowers from the fishbowl and we started playing around with the idea and then the, you know, design whiz kid will begin crafting these random tables that we could use to uh not have a literal fishbowl because fishbowls are they're getting pretty expensive nowadays uh so he had this <laughs> this random table that we could now use to just roll um a d20 but then it became a d100 as we thought of the multitude of possible superhero powers um and so then we tried it out with some friends i think in yeah like early 2013 um and it yeah, we had a blast with it. So when Jake first described the idea to me, it was a fishbowl. And I thought, that's kind of clunky. But he presented it not as something we were actually going to do. It was just kind of like a funny idea. Yeah, and, it was. Um, I have a formal education, if you can call it that, in graphic design. And so I was like bored one day. I didn't want to play World of Warcraft that day, I guess. And I was like, you know what I could do? I just put on a bunch of superhero powers mm-hmm and organize it on a random table. And remember, like Jake said, at this point, we hadn't really played D&D. I had played <laughs> some Savage Worlds, and I had played some uh, of like a campaign that I made that still only used a D20, and then we made up the rest. So I had never, I don't think I'd ever seen even a proper random table before, but I no. learned so much making this. Um, and you'll, you'll get yeah. to see the tables too, most likely. Um, but anyway, so I showed it to Jake, and he was like, wow you actually did this and it, and from what i re- your reaction made it seem like it was much better than you ever would have imagined oh yeah but also in researching the powers i learned that there's just so many different superpowers um especially at ver- varying levels of power um and i had to um come up with a lot of them and so that was it was super fun just a great use of my time that summer yeah it was, it was something that like i said hypothetically that was like got me really excited um but then i'm like i don't you know, whatever. And it's just got something that kind of subtly dies down. But then it's like, say if you listener thought of an amazing idea, but then suddenly you get like a tweet from Elon Musk who just shows you a blueprint of like, he made your thing. And you're like, oh, what? Like that's, that's, <laughs> Not, that's how I oh, felt. <laughs> wait. So in this, you, Jake just compared me to Elon Musk. I have never yes. been more flattered. This is great. Um, <laughs> All right, so um, I guess so. I have one more question, Jake. So, why was it that you wanted to generate random heroes and not play as pre-made heroes? Because there's obviously like hundreds or thousands. Why not just play as Batman or Green Lantern? Yeah, I I don't know. I think the thing that it presented to me was a challenge um, because at that time we were doing improv all the time, right? Like we were like at least every week we were doing improv shows and just like 
all the time doing like whose line is it anyway type games. Um, and those games are good because of random audience suggestions mm-hmm. and like random, you know, scenes from a hat that are pulled out. Um, and then you have to work with that and you have to flex your improvisational muscles in order for it to work. And so that's why it's fun to be like, okay, I'm going to plan to play as Superman and I know all of his strengths and weaknesses and powers and all this stuff. But I thought it was more fun and especially I got to flex my improvisational muscles when I was like, okay, you got uh, fire breath and levitation. Make a hero. Oh. Like that was just so mm-hmm. fun to, to be forced into a corner where you kind of have to fight your way out of it creatively. Hmm. And yeah, that's why, I, that's why we kind of, I don't know. I thought of the, the shift from like standard DC or Marvel heroes to just the crazy, wacky, pure randomness of, of these tables. Whew, man, I'm getting actually excited from hearing you talk about this. Okay. So I'm going to talk about how it works. Um, what super random really is, is a sheet of paper printed i think just front and back at first it was only front um it will show you so we have the good the bad and the ugly which really seems ridiculous to me um now at my age (laughs) i don't know why i did that i loved it (laughs) but what it means is the good is your powers the bad is your origin story and the ugly is your weakness because any good superhero needs a weakness um i think actually i came up with the the origin of weakness because Jake only pitched powers. But when I was mm-hmm. making it, I was like, it'd be more interesting to have these drawbacks because yeah. heroes almost as much as they are known for their strengths can also be known for weaknesses. Like Superman famously has kryptonite, obviously. Um, okay. <laughs> so um, you will get two powers. You'll roll the dice and you'll get two different powers and the players decide to have one be their major and one be their minor. And what that means is that one is much more powerful and the other is more um, uh, sometimes vestigial, but just not as powerful. Um, mm-hmm. Whatever powerful means, because it's mm-hmm. just an improv game. Um, and then obviously your origin. Um, I have, it looks like 10 or 11 things here, and the ugly uh, is much less. I think it's only nine things. Yeah. Um, and by just rolling these tables, you wind up with really unique superheroes. Um, I also want to point out just how difficult this game was to GM for, because you cannot prep at all, mm-hmm. especially in the first session. <laughs> yeah. Like as a GM, um, it, it's funny because I learned a lot from this system. Um, for instance, being able to improv completely. And so as players are going around the table, rolling their heroes, and we're kind of discussing like what makes them them, um, at, me as a GM, I'd be making notes of like, okay, this person uses sonic waves. And so mm-hmm. I need to have a, a hero or a villain that counteracts that somehow. Yeah, Maybe I'll mm-hmm. call him Dead Zone because like sound can't vibrate oh. around him right look and at so, us we're already doing oh, it. Yeah. See, this <laughs> is the magic is super random the magic is happening <laughs> um but yeah and so it just you you can't prep and so it's just roll and go and i've never seen another game that does this quite like this so i mean the system we used was really just but simple mm-hmm. where all you would do is roll a difficulty check for everything that you wanted to do it's like hey i want to teleport roll <laughs> Roll a dice. Yep. And Will would give me a, you know, difficulty. Like, oh, that's going to be, it's pretty easy. It's not that far. Roll a 10. And then if you'd roll above, you'd pass and roll below, then, well, something bad would happen. (laughs) Yeah, it was tough because um, as flexible and, and as freeing as that system was, there's almost no consistency unless you have a really trustworthy GM. So um, somebody says, I want to lift a car. And you're like, oh, that's a DC 10. And then later in the adventure, he's like, I want to lift the car and throw it uh, three city blocks over that way. You're like, uh, (laughs) DC 20. And there's no modifiers to the dice. There's no character sheet aside from just what you wrote when you rolled your dice. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it was just like David said, it's butt simple. It's mostly an improv game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I really liked it because that randomness like added on to it. I think what I did is I actually said, like, all right, give me higher than an eight. Hmm. And the whole – everyone would pile around. I was playing with a huge group once I went to college. And they, they just watched this dice roll. Huh. And then they'd be like, oh, 11. Wow. And everyone cheers, you know, because it's like, whoa, like he got above. Um, so I think I did it, like, audibly. I would say the check is this. And then you'd watch them roll to get it. Um, so, yeah, the system is incredibly simple. But, like – I don't even know. I don't know if it's about the system. It's about the powers, how they mix together, how to creatively make a character, and then really flexing your DM muscles and being able to improv. 
this was the perfect game at this point in all of our lives and with our friend group because mm-hmm. I think if we had said, hey, guys, do you want to play Dungeons and Dragons? Um, a lot of us, um, even the people who now I consider like my nerdy friends, they probably would have hesitated to say yes. But yeah. if I say, hey, do you want to play this weird superhero game that we made up? It's kind of like a board game and improv combined. And they're like, oh, yes, I will yeah. play that. Um, and, then, and to have no barrier of entry, like the barrier of entry is your ability to improvise a hero within like 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you don't have to do any math. You don't have to crunch any numbers. Like I've introduced D&D 5 to a lot of people for the first time as their first ever role-playing game. And there's a lot of it that they just don't understand and they just trust you to track for them, right? Like they just say, I don't know why this number creates this modifier or what I'm adding together. Like what's a, proficiency, like what a proficiency bonus, bonus is. Mm-hmm. Um, some of that doesn't really make sense, but... Yeah. Super random was just very accessible. Yeah, oh, it's, absolutely. For as someone who had basically zero D and D experience, going and playing super random, it's like it's great. When I first met David, um, I was really getting into board games big time at that point in my life, and um, I said, "Hey, David, do you like board games?" And he says, "I own uh, Axis and Allies," and I, oh, and yeah. I just I I don't know if I physically turned away from him and walked the other way, <laughs> but I in my mind I did. Because I was like, I will never play Axis and Allies with anyone. Because I've played it once and I'll never play it again. Mm -hmm. But that's just who I am. No, I had that experience with Dungeons & Dragons, right? So if you would have said, like, yeah, let's play 5th edition of Dungeons & Dragons. It just came out or whatever. Like, I would just be like, oh, is that the game where the the Dungeon Master just tries to murder you? And and then, like, you know, it's just like, ugh, Aren't you supposed to dress up for that game? Yeah. Can't you wear a wizard hat and... (laughs) isn't it live action role playing no uh but like at the time yeah i would have been like no i'm let's just play like settlers of Catan. you know like like it just it was not even a possibility Mm -hmm. but this is such a good tool to pull people in and when they they're playing and having fun and being like what like this is just kind of a silly fun game you're you basically tell them this is this is role playing. Mm-hmm. This is all role playing is. And so when I went to college and, and used this system um, to introduce people to D and D, you know, I'm playing with eight or nine people in the living room with another, maybe five or six people watching um, as people are standing up and acting out their superhero poses <laughs> and explaining to me what they do and acting it out. Um, and everyone, you know, jamming around our tiny coffee table to see what they roll uh, on the D 20. Like, it was so good because people didn't even know they were playing an RPG. Hmm. Um, a lot of times, even the word role play has role play almost kind of sometimes has a sexual connotation to it. Or it's a like therapeutic a connotation. Yeah, yeah, therapeutic or just, yeah, and it's kind of cringy. It's like, what? Role play? Yeah, you and then role play? <laughs> and then, but when you look at the other side, like RPG, when you say, oh, you want to play an RPG, you think of like a video game, mm-hmm. like an MMORPG or like Skyrim or something like that, like a video game. But people didn't know, especially back then, like what like a tabletop RPG is. And so this was such a perfect way to, you know, get a bunch of people around a table watching people roll D20s and screaming with excitement when they rolled above or moaning and crying when they rolled below. Mm-hmm. And it was just such a great way to get people through the door to role playing. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just very accessible um, and a, a great introduction for people who wouldn't normally play these kind of games. Um, in fact, we had, a, a at least when we were here in town before you moved away, um, we introduced a lot of people to role-playing who would play with us maybe once or twice and then move on. So it was yeah. this fantastic feeling of, um, now I understand it's called the open table. Like, oh, if you want to play with me, just come to my house at this time and you can play. We'll yeah. make a hero for you and we'll just go. Um, one of my friends, his name is Jaime, he made a hero called uh, El Arco. Oh, yeah. Which is just the arrow in Spanish. Um, And I don't think he really enjoyed the game enough to keep playing, but um, I still remember that that, uh, campaign very well. And we just had this revolving door of um, interesting people who, you know, they come from Settlers of of Catan or even just a video game only background. And even they were able to jump in. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. And we had people, um, since I was in a college town, 
uh, introducing people. Um, we went to this big house. It's kind of like the party house. Like everyone would come over. Um, it's where I, I eventually lived. But like it was the hub of people showing up. And, you know, we had people in grad school who were playing with us. We had, you know, um, a pretty equal distribution of males and females. Like it was just like uh, amazing to see the variance of like the barrier of entry being so freaking low that like anyone, regardless of their background, could be like, oh, I get it. Like, you give me a number, I roll, I try to get higher than that, and then I succeed. And I pretend to be this superhero. And I know what a superhero is. I've seen Iron Man. And <laughs> it just, it just, yeah, it was magic. So I want to take a moment and talk about um, some notable heroes from our games, if we can mm. remember them. I have a handful. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but they're, they're, almost, they're always really funny. But um, so even though the, the game, I think, was occasionally very silly... Um, overall, it was just really enjoyable. Mm -hmm. So what, like, um, in a, in a previous episode, we talked about the paladin and the lawful stupid alignment, but I think that the tone of a superhero game is so different than this kind of dingy, grimy, uh, dare I say, dank in the traditional sense of the word, <laughs> uh, medieval fantasy where it's kind of dark and, and you know, it's blood and poop and, uh, beer, right? Like yeah. it's... <laughs> It's just dark. And then a superhero game, you think of like the shiny world of The Incredibles, mm -hmm. where everything is very clean and modern in a 60s kind of way. Um, and they can do sillier things, but they don't seem as silly in that context. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I think for me, the, fir the, the first character that comes to mind that I really, uh, <laughs> that I really loved was a character called Lightseer. Uh, which was just a parody of the word sightseer because he was a tour guide uh, of New York City. And he was very just kind of curmudgeonly and nerdy, just this balding guy with these little glasses on his nose. And he somehow got the power to um, create constructs with laser beams coming out of his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I think his, his yeah, his, his superpowers were um, laser vision and light constructs. And so I combined those to to basically be, yeah, this 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 kind of making constructs out of the lasers of his eyes. And so uh Lightseer, uh I think I don't know, he put his glasses on differently or something and it somehow controlled it. Um but he was just such a great character because he was such a nerd <laughs> and this kind of pathetic weakling that suddenly was bestowed with this this amazing power. And that's what I loved most about the game was being able to create your alter ego. And like how mm. just how different, you know, the, the sort of Clark Kent versus Cal L, like seeing Lightseer as this tour guide I who's just <laughs> sadly giving tours. Mm -hmm. And now he's like in the sky creating <laughs> these constructs, fighting, you know, dragons in the sky. I remember um, specifically. Um, so if you think of a guy who can shoot lasers out of their eyes, you think of Cyclops maybe from X-Men. Mm -hmm. um, uh -huh. But you described it as the lasers from his eyes could only turn at right angles. Yeah. And so they yes, just, yeah, they had these very strange patterns that they would kind of shoot out and, and um, I guess like spider web out into these shapes. And so it was really evocative and I actually don't remember him being so nerdy. I remember he was just really useful in the group because he would just, I mean, how, how useful are the constructs? Laser constructs. Oh, yeah. Amazingly useful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for mine, it was one of our more, our more creative players. I, I think he might listen to the show. I'm not sure. But he played as a Native American who watched <laughs> meteors fall back in like 1600. Mm -hmm. And he was affected by some kind of greenish radiation. Um, and he... So he had, I don't even know what powers he had. I think they were pretty unremarkable. Cause yeah. it, it was it was like uh, immortality, I think, was one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he for his weakness or his drawback or whatever, he got an uh, annoying sidekick. Yeah. And so there was a kid in the village who was just really bad at everything who also saw these meteors fall and was affected by the same radiation, but he never grew up and never aged and obviously never improved as a, as a person. And so um, his name was Buckskin because he wore the skin of a buck as a loincloth. But as far as I know, he was mostly naked for the entire game um and it was just great because it, it was a lot of comic relief because you have buckskin who's a very serious like when you think of a traditional native american he was just like no nonsense guy but then he has this useless kid who's just constantly thwarting um everything he's doing um it was just hilarious and um delightful mm -hmm. the whole way through oh man yeah that, that's some of the best things is when you get bad powers 
and you're like, oh no. Oh. And you're just you're like, oh, I'm gonna try my best. But it just the comic relief oozes uh-huh. out of it because it's it's a superhero movie almost mm-hmm. that you're playing as. Like the comic relief has to ooze out of it. That's why when you watch a Marvel movie, they're in these horrific dark circumstances, but they're shouting quips at each other. Yeah. That's just the tone of it. And yeah, it just it makes the tone silly. But still grounded. Like, it's great. <laughs> I think my favorite memory of Buckskin was uh, we were we we're trying to get the top to the top of this building, and oh, no. it was it was just it's like a it's a glass building, and and you he he's running up the stairs, but for some reason like his loincloth fell off, mm-hmm. so you're just like seeing him go up the stairs, and every time it's just he's flashing you every no, time. Okay, he so runs all up. the other supers got into the elevator to ride, and the he top. Oh, yes. to take the elevator. And, yes, the annoying sidekick ran in and hit every single button for every floor. <laughs> Buckskin said it'll be faster if I take the stairs, so he's running, but he only ran as because he doesn't have super speed. Yeah, and he only ran as fast as the elevator could go. So basically, every floor. Um, the players, the, everybody in the elevator would see okay. his butt rush by. It would stop. The doors would open. Like, he'd run by. And like 120 times for yes. all, you know, all the floors. And it was just this really funny um, moment that I don't think it could happen outside of role playing. Like now in the world we live in, that wouldn't be out of place in something like Guardians of the Galaxy, which is. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah right? like, It would be yeah. a perfect moment in that kind of film. Um, but at the time, it was a really just, I, we, I think we stopped and we laughed for like five minutes. Yeah. As a, as like everyone at the table <laughs> yeah i explicitly remember being on the ground laughing <laughs> and having to climb back into my chair oh man <laughs> so my favorite character or one of my favorite characters that uh was played was will mentioned earlier el arco played by jaime mm-hmm. because i specifically remember him being paralyzed from the waist down oh yeah so he was in a wheelchair <laughs> but he was also in like a super cool archer like hawkeye so he would shoot these sonic arrows mm-hmm. uh, at people and then i remember the scene where he's just he's like uh he shot a like a grapple hook arrow from a building to another building and he's just like swinging on like the the, the zip line what like carrying his wheelchair with him just like sliding across <laughs> And it's just like, like you have to carry your wheelchair with you in order to just like for him to be able to be mobile. I, for, I think that when he used his powers, he was able to stand briefly. Like there was something like that. But he was like this huge advocate for handicap rights and like ramps, yes. ramps on buildings because he like yes. it was a big part of his character's backstory. And um, oh, man, it, was, it. it was really interesting because like Jaime is not handicapped, but no. he took it very seriously. It could have been just a stupid gag. Oh, um, that's true. Yeah. But he really treated it like very respectfully. He's like, no, like we need ramps at every McDonald's, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Um, I, I remember another character uh, that the guy who was the best man in my wedding, Eric, he, he had this character called uh, Bipolar Bear Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he was... Uh, I think the power he got was an animal companion. And so he was, uh, at the same time, bipolar, but he also had a polar bear that he could control. <laughs> yes. so, so he would just get, like, very angry or very ecstatic or very, like, sad, like, very quickly. It would alternate between emotions, and his bear would, like, kind of console him, but then would also, like, attack anyone nearby. <laughs> I think he could enter into the mind of the polar bear when he like got extreme and it would calm him down. And the, but oh. he would he would often get stuck in the mind of the bear. Yeah. Or maybe they would switch minds because remember there's some <laughs> weird thing about his human body just standing and doing nothing at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and he like man. and the bear would always just like maul people randomly. Yeah, civilians sometimes. Oh yeah. Um, I think this was this was actually my character. I'm not sure if I ran the game or if I played in it, but. The idea was the whole world was just tied up in um, bureaucracy. Like, bureaucracy had taken over the planet Earth. And so you couldn't do anything without the right forms. I don't know how this happened. Um, Part of Super Random is kind of world building, where you ask players, like, well, in order for this idea for a hero to be effective, maybe the world has to work this way. Yeah. So um, my hero, I believe it was mine, his name was Red Taper. Um, and it's because he looked like an animal, the taper, a little bit. Like, maybe he was themed around it, kind of the way Batman is themed around a bat. Um, but he was the bad guy. Oh, the red taper was the bad guy. Okay, that's why I made him, is because he was the yes, counter. you were the, the DM. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, yes, and the red taper just his powers all involved like wrapping people in red tape, <laughs> so he could like physically <laughs> cause red tape complications, but he could also bureaucratically cause yeah. complications. Like, and he even, worked at the White House. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> uh, the White House in that game was changed into the greenhouse because oh. it was like. So, like marijuana legalization <laughs> was a big topic at that it's point. Like eco regulations <laughs> yeah, or something. Right. <laughs> it was just like completely taken over. Um, it was very silly, but yes, he was uh, a very capable villain slash superhero. Um, <laughs> so I I remember one character I made. He um, he had like gadgets, and um, that was one of his powers. And the other was healing, so he could like heal people and heal himself, and I just remember he had the dumbest name. His name was Amber, Amber Lance. Lance. <laughs> oh my god. I remember Amber Lance. <laughs> wow. And, uh, apart from his name, that was about the best thing about him. There was almost no character development for Amber Lance, aside from the fact that he was just literally a bog standard paramedic. Yes. <laughs> oh my god i remember because the whole game david was just sort of like trying to make the powers work in the story and he never did it was so sad <laughs> oh man one of the coolest things that came out of this whole idea was that because we were playing essentially one shots week to week like new characters all the time um we jake and i came up with the idea that our universes were comic book brands and so like I had oh, the West yes, Coast, yes, yes. like the California comic brand, which I, I believe we called Spitfire Comics. Oh my gosh, yeah, oh, wow. yeah. yeah. And then you went off to Kentucky for college and you had your own like very awesome experiences. Oh, and I and yes. I, I think you talked at least once about um, that you had your own comic series. And that means that all of the heroes that were created were still in the universe somewhere. Mm-hmm, and you could yes. reference them and bring them back. Um, that way we could have a kind of Justice League. So eventually the idea was to um instead of rolling characters at the start of every session you get to a point where you can just pick up anybody else's hero mm-hmm. and play it that session because you know yes. their personality you know they're their part of the pantheon of superheroes just as yeah. relevant as dc or marvel yeah and yeah. um i remember it was more of just a hypothetical conversation uh with me and jake before you left but then you went away and you made it happen oh let me tell you <laughs> uh so um when i went to kentucky i i really pushed um role-playing not you know as in regards to D or anything but it was super random and i just pitched to people um some people were like oh is this like dungeons and dragons because they probably played in the past um other people were just like what is this and i'm like it's like a superhero game thing and they're like oh, okay that sounds awesome you know because anyone when they say want to play a superhero game thing like <laughs> that's like uh yeah sure <laughs> uh, duh. that doesn't scare oh, people <laughs> so um I, I had a group um, of, of friends that, that played and it just – it went great. And we – I changed basically because we used the same like PDF, like the same document um, and it kept yielding great characters. But eventually I was like, we need to stop doing one shots and make this a whole kind of grand arc. Um, and so – Eventually, I said, you have an option every time we play, you can either roll up a new character with the random powers, roll on all the tables and make something new, or you can use one of your old characters that you've previously played, or you can play as any other previous character that no one else is playing. Hmm. So suddenly, as we were playing, more and more people were like, I love this character. I don't want to roll up a new one. And suddenly it became like a full-on campaign because people were playing as their characters, which were uh, in an organization called the Global Defenders uh, <laughs> that were like the, the Justice League, like the Avengers of, that, of, of our world. Um, and, it, you know, people would flow in and out all the time. Some people were busy. Some people had to wake up early tomorrow, whatever. But people would come in and they'd roll up and play random characters that, that were joining, like new recruits, initiates uh, in the Global Defenders. Um, and it, it worked so great. So we did this for about a full year. Um, and the game at that point was getting unwieldy. Like, I was like, I can't be the game master for 10 people. And so eventually one of my players was like, I'll be the, I'll be the game master for half of them. Um, and we're like, okay. So we split them up and we rolled on all these random tables again for, for new characters and other people could keep old characters. And 
the two groups formed and one group had all of these super powerful characters. One of them on there was called the flying brick as a superpower. And if you got the flying brick, uh, that means you got super strength, uh, super speed and flight. Wow. So basically you were like Superman, like you were like the, uh, the, the strongest thing. Um, one guy got that his name, I think his name was superior. Um, and he was the like Superman of the universe. Um, and I was the game master for a bunch of people who had like really strong superpowers. Like they were the damage dealers. And then my, uh, my friend who was the other GM had a bunch of people with more subtle powers. Um, and they were kind of the covert, uh, some of them were actually ex villains. So I basically had the the Justice League, and he basically had the Suicide Squad. Oh, um, and okay. so here's the thing: we all met and played on the same day in the same house, and it's a two story house. There's like a living room in the upstairs and living room in the downstairs, like a cool college house. Uh, and he played upstairs with like the Suicide Squad and did a whole whole session with them. I played downstairs with kind of the Justice League, the Global Defenders, uh, doing a whole session with them. And at the end of the session, the, this huge big bad arrives. And I, I yell up to to the guy upstairs. I said, bring them down. Hmm. And they all come down and sit in the living room with us, which is now very cramped. Um, and And all of them are now together fighting this big bad. And both sessions led to this convergence. And so we played, there must have been 12, maybe 13 people playing in one game. Oh and there were two dungeon masters, like two game masters that were trying to, 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 to rein all this in. But in the end, it, it worked out amazing. And we had like strangers like in the room. There were probably 20 people shoved in the living room. And we had people cheering like when they wow. defeated the big bad. Like it was just, it was That's the most, awesome. it was one of the most satisfying things I've ever done as a game master. Um, and so that was when I realized I was like, this is amazing. And you know what I think I did in the next few weeks? I think I bought the new fifth edition rule books. Oh. And I think that's when we started playing D and D like hardcore. Um, mm. so yeah, but this super random system, like the fact that it could somehow, despite not having really any handholds or like strict rail guards, <laughs> like it still worked with all of these people because they were attached to this silly character with two random superpowers and a backstory and, and a weakness. Like, oh, it was just such a good memory. Man, I, I have chills hearing about <laughs> that group of people having this amazing thing. How do you wrangle 12 people with two GMs? Oh, very, very carefully. Very carefully. Do you have like a shot caller for each group? Like they, they talk to the group and then they say, this is what so we're going to do. Th this sounds almost maniacal now that I'm saying it, but um, essentially I was DMing for my group as the other game master was, was doing the same thing for his group during the final fight. Whoa. And so basically there were people in the living room who were just walking back between the two groups who were, who were like, Whoa, did you hear about what this, Oh my gosh, they just did this. Oh wait, they helped them in this other. And like, they're almost like watching two TV shows that are happening in the same place simultaneously. Like it's almost <laughs> like there are like two cameras to view. Um, and eventually I had to kind of take over as like the head game master and be like, okay, this is how the fight's going to end. And so we went around in one big group and like all 12 or 13 got their kind of final actions to plan how to take down this, this huge monster. And, and they did, and they had to work together. And like some of them, you know, were like kind of like Lex Luthor and Superman. Like they had to go, all right, we have to defeat this bigger bad together, even though we hate each other. Uh, and so all of these characters somehow, I, you know, I, I, I think there was just so much going on that everyone was like entertained by something in the room. But it was very similar to a madhouse, but it ended <laughs> spectacularly. Very similar to a madhouse. Wow. Oh my gosh. So that's, um, I remember actually the very last super random I ever ran was for um, a group of people that uh, there's at least a few people in there who I hadn't played with before. And it was a World War II era supers game. Oh, that's great. It was, oh, yeah. Well, it should oh, yeah. have been great. Um, but oh, no. the players or at least some of the players probably would have been better suited with a proper D and D game with a much more concrete system. Mm -hmm. Um, because super random is very squishy and much more of a storytelling game and a role playing and improv game. Yeah. Um, and this person was looking for just like a power, like fantasy mm -hmm. within the rules. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and it was like everybody was trying to be bigger and better and just because you can push the the mm-hmm. game like you're as powerful as you say you are um so at one point they fought mecha hitler and just destroyed him <laughs> classic um, but that was the last time and it was really disappointing because it was it signaled a shift i think in the the types of games that my players were interested in and also that i was interested in running because i didn't have enough patience to sit on um the types of players who wanted that more like the g and rpg experience yeah yeah um and so the, after that we just played uh 5e so yeah definitely yeah. it burned hot and bright but man it burned well Welcome to Random Table Talk. We're generating unique superheroes using super random tables, um, but you can look for this segment almost every week as we just use tables from D&D to make all kinds of cool things. Mm-hmm. All right, um, so we're going to start with Jake. All right. The powerhouse himself. Uh, do you want me to roll for you, or do you want me to see yeah. your powers? All right. Uh, yeah. So uh, the first one you have is Water Manipulation. Oh, good. Your second okay. second power is power vampire. Oh, so okay. You, you could read that as rogue or maybe electricity vampire. However, you oh, want to I, interpret I, that. I, yeah, I can interpret <clears throat> that very well. All right, so remember that. Um, water manipulation, power vampire. Next is your origin story. So you're going to get a d20, and that says family business. Something about your power oh, is tied with God, it fits. the Incredibles. Oh, oh, you already got something in mind. That's great. I've got something. Yes. Um, and wow. then your last one is your upbringing <clears throat> for D12, and that gives you not from around here. Oh, okay. All okay. right. And then, um, so we're going to do drawbacks and weaknesses last. This is a D20. Um, this gives you what powerful entity has become interested in you, and how do you avoid it? Oh, okay. Okay. You got something in mind? Yeah. Do you want me to do you want me to pitch it? Oh, if you're ready to go, then yes. Okay. So I have water manipulation and what was it? Vampiric ability. Power like, vampire. Power uh-huh. vampire. So the way I interpret this is I am straight up a bloodbender. Oh. So I can basically manipulate people um to do my bidding. Um, through controlling their bodies and so they are conscious as this is happening but they can't control any of their muscles or limbs or anything because i am directing the blood uh in their body uh which is kind of horrifying Mm -hmm. um so the power vacuum would come if i if i wanted to but i I don't because i'm a hero so far um (laughs) is that i can i can actually absorb all of like maybe the iron in their blood or some sort of superpower thing where like i absorb all the power out of their blood and they just die and then mm. I become stronger. Like I have it, it, their blood almost like pulsing through my veins as well. Um, I like the whole idea of me. It says not from around here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of the shady new guy to the group. No one knows where I'm from. I don't like to talk about my past. Uh, that sort of thing. Um, but I'm always worried about the shady entity that's on my tail uh, that I, I don't talk about. Um, so this would be information that I would give to the the game master and say like, um, I don't want to tell the other people this, but here's maybe a plot point you could use later on. And I'm guessing maybe it's some weird cult or maybe some Cthulian god that's like after me um, and, and my people. Because you said this was uh, a kind of a bloodline thing. Family, bi- family yeah. business. Family yeah. lineage, family business. Yeah, so I think I come from a long line of bloodbenders. Um, so I, let me. what would be a good name for me? Would it just be Bloodbender, or Water, would it be like uh, Puppet Master? I, I think oh, the Puppet, Puppet Master. Master yes. Um, so this character sounds like he could easily <laughs> uh, be a villain. Yes. Uh, but <laughs> but I like the idea of him kind of being mysterious. I was like, do we want this guy in the team? He just manipulates people's blood. <laughs> he could do it to us too. Um, that yeah, also means I like that, that a great villain for this guy would be somebody who does not have blood. Whether that's an undead oh, person yeah. or a clay-faced type being or like a robot. Android. Yeah, yeah, you see, like there's lots of ways to now challenge you because your normal powers don't yes. work. Uh, yes. There's a Pixar story writing technique where they say, write down all the things your characters are the best at and then put them in a situation where that doesn't work at all. Mm-hmm. And so oh, this is so how you get great situations. All right, uh, my turn for hero. David, roll me a D100 twice, please. All right, so you have pheromones. Oh, I love this one. All right, this is already going in a totally different direction than what I was hoping. <laughs> one more. And then 
<laughs> animal morphing. Oh, well, this is, oh, this is already, oh, it worked go. out so fast. Um, so an anamorph with Okay, give, wait, hold on. Give him his other things. Yes, yeah. my so, origin. And then your and origin is ex-military. Oh, okay. okay. I got it. I already got this. Give me the upbringing. And then your upbringing is country bumpkin. <laughs> All right. It's like a southern. And then uh, give me a d20 roll for military. What kind that. of accident caused this power? What were you trying to do when it happened? Oh, that's great. <sighs> military okay. accident? So I have uh, a country bumpkin, ex-military, pheromones. What was the animal one? Uh, animal morphing. Animal, animal morphing. morphing. And then I'm uh, obviously, uh, it was military. an accident that caused this. So I think that this is some sort of military experiment that's gone kind of wrong or maybe gone right, depending on how you look at it. Um, obviously, he's from rural Nebraska. He's just a husker who uh, wanted to be a hero. <laughs> I love it. Um, this is a Nick, or not Nick Cage, Luke Cage style accident where they're trying to breed a super soldier. He's part of a program. And um, one thing led to another. And now I can turn into, um, I so I think it's powerful to say I can turn into any animal, but I think there's a specific monster hybrid like predator horror um mm -hmm. that yeah. i turn into and so i'm imagining like a big wolf like like almost like a a, a gross mutated wolf with spikes all over yes, it. but that's it, just it's like I'm a imagining. dire wolf size thing with yeah, like porcupine yeah, yeah. quills poking yeah. out of it um definitely something like that um so with that in mind what is a great name for my monster military man oh Ooh. it'd be I'm Ooh. thinking of just like kind of Morpheo or like Monstero or something. Wait, wait, okay. If he's military, I want it to sound like a military name, like, um, like oh, Black it's be Wolf. Sergeant. Or, um, oh, and that could be your name, right? Like Sergeant Lieutenant Wolf. Wolf. Sergeant Wolf. <laughs> Lieutenant yeah. Wolf. And he turns into the um, the Gray Wolf or the, the Black Wolf or something. I like, Lute like Lieutenant Terror or something. <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> yeah. These are dark. These are dark. This is ones. already a very different flavor of superhero yeah. campaign. And, mm -hmm. and that's something that happens sometimes with this game is you roll up all your heroes and you wind up with a very um specific collection like now watch as david gets like balloon inflating and like <laughs> um, you know loud shoes <laughs> let's roll it up let's oh, go Oh boy I'm all right ready. so david right, you get um kinetic absorption Ooh. and Ooh. animal communication <laughs> oh i don't i don't know Ooh. what you're gonna do with this so uh, you know Ooh, that's stuff. hard uh you also your origin is cyborg Ooh. oh okay and your upbringing is a small town kid. Oh, let's get oh, your, uh, your weaknesses here. We Drawbacks and weakness. What piece of jewelry or clothing grants you this power, and how do you keep others from getting it? Okay, oh, so man. it makes me think the cyborg. Yeah, is so jewelry. Oh, it's like removable yeah. almost. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so it would be. Um, it's almost like, like augmentations. Prosthetic? Yeah, mm. like a prosthetic augmentation. Cowboys and aliens. So I'm imagining that I have, um, I lost an arm in an accident. Mm -hmm. So oh, I got yeah. this like prototype arm that I now have and can use to kinetically absorb energy and redirect it out at people in the form Ooh. of like a cannon. That's, that's really cool. And uh, I also have... I'm assuming some sort of neural augmentation that helps me talk to animals. So I'm able to, I'm like the, the land version of Aquaman where I can <laughs> communicate with beasts and other creatures nearby. Oh, so what I would add on to that is that this <laughs> arm technology clearly is some kind of alien or unknown origin mm -hmm. thing. Um, the fact that it has gotten into your brain and let you talk to animals means yes. it probably is continuing to take over your body. Yes. And that's oh, going to be... you have to fight against it? Yes. So mm -hmm. over the campaign, you're sort of transforming uh, into something else. What and, it wants And we don't know where it's going. It's almost like yeah. the, the um, symbiote from Spider-Man, but it's much slower yeah. moving and much more mysterious. Or Blue Beetle. Oh, yeah. Right, Blue yeah, Beetle. Oh, yeah. Very, or very, yeah. Scarab. Mm. Yeah. You see, this is the best. Mm -hmm. This is. I, like, <laughs> well, can we play what, with these? What would my name be? Oh, yeah, what would your so, name be? Because I have kinetic um, redirection and. Animal um, communication. Yeah. It's got to be like the kinetic beast or something. The like the. Beast whisperer. No. The, no. I love no. kinetic in there. Can we do something with um, a, like beetle or like. Because you're super able to absorb things. What about sponge, sponge? Something with a sponge. Um, uh, redirect. Sea sponge. Redirect. Yeah. That, that sounds like an internet. Redirects. Thing. Yeah. yeah, that's really redirect. good. Redirect. Yeah. 
redirect. All right, so that gives like us... That. Uh, Jake, what's your guy's name? The Puppet Master. Uh, I have the Black Wolf. Lieutenant. Lieutenant Re- Wolf. <laughs> and then you have... Redirect. Redirect. Oh, man. Already, like... we should. Just, I should make a short story about these just for mm-hmm. one op. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like um, in a lot of man. ways they're all kind of paramilitary. Yeah. Yeah, these feel like a a sort of not bad guys but like very chaotic neutral like guys yes, that are yeah. sent in just to see what happens suicide like, squad for sure yeah 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 i love that man and it, you know the story <laughs> kind of writes itself yeah oh. yeah do you guys want to do that one more time maybe we can get some heroes that are less dark and more heroic <laughs> yes or cliche let's see it yeah Corny. yeah <laughs> all right so uh let's, let's Jake, see you it. be first again Yes, yes, yes. All right, you uh, got utility belt for your first power. Oh, perfect. And I've got this several times. And wings. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love this. I love this. Your origin um, is mutation. Makes sense. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, oh my God. No, it doesn't. I was thinking like robotic <laughs> wings. Now it's <laughs> so a mutation. actual wings. Oh, your upbringing is amnesia, and it says see amnesia table. All right, so I will give you the amnesia table here. Okay. Um, You got an old stone necklace of some carved animal. Oh, okay. And then finally, your weakness is, oh, what piece of jewelry or clothing grants you this power, and how do you keep others from getting it? Actually, it totally lines up with the amnesia thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. So, um, so, oh, the amnesia. Wings, utility belt, mutant... Oh, that's Amnesia. really hard. So originally I was thinking, and I might still make it that. I think I'm going to alter it a little bit where um, the wings are still a creation. Uh, but the uh, necklace I have around my neck is a, a carved like ornate owl. Um, and it actually it creates a genetic mutation if you like sleep with it on or it, like touches your skin overnight or something like that, mm. where it makes you tremendously smart. So this character is like a genius. Um, but mm-hmm. the mutation causes amnesia too. So it's like you, you get both. Oh, so I'm incredibly oh. intelligent, but maybe my, my mind resets randomly once a week and I don't mm-hmm. remember anything. Well, that's tough. So I require a lot of supervision to like keep me as a good guy because with, with my genius, I've created an exceptional utility belt with all sorts of stuff and these like cool uh, bionic wings um, that allow me to kind of fly and then utilize stuff in my utility belt, giving me a lot of mobility and utility. Um, but I have to be part of a team or else like I'll just forget who I am and maybe do bad things or something like that. Oh, um, that's really, so maybe when the heroes find you, it's because you didn't know what you were doing and you were actually working maybe with the bad I, guys. Yeah. Oh, maybe I accident. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Like I accidentally robbed a bank because someone came up to me and was like, Oh, you're uh, you're part of a group, aren't you? And I'm like, uh, uh yeah, yes, sir. Of course I am. <laughs> just cause I don't remember. So, Oh, that's, that's super great. Um, I'm trying to think of a name, Whoa. uh, like maybe the, the bionic wing or something. Hmm. Uh, bionicle? The... Forget me not. My bionicle. <laughs> uh, I think just maybe bionico. Bionico? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, um can we have hmm. uh, retrograde? Like retrograde, retrograde? amnesia. Oh, that's, oh that's good. That's good. Yeah. that's good. So retrograde, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, that's good. It helps to have. Oh, a... I like. I really like that. So, um, yeah. So that's 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 my character. Retrograde. Let's let's see let's see the next. Oh, one. I'm nervous. So for the people sitting at home thinking, oh, they probably just planned all this. Like, uh, sadly, no. <laughs> we are totally on the spot for this. So, uh, here we go. So you have substance mimicry. What does Whoa. that mean? Okay, I'm gonna interpret that very liberally. <laughs> and okay. breaks the fourth wall. Oh, oh, okay. Oh got a Deadpool gosh. power. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so your origin is annoying sidekick. Dang it. Oh. <laughs> Maybe my annoying sidekick is the one who breaks the first wall. Oh, that could work. Yeah. And then your upbringing is a small town kid. Small town kid. Living in a lonely world. All right. Here we go. And then for your drawbacks and weaknesses, why did aliens grant you these powers? <laughs> what did they ask in return? 
Oh no! <laughs> this is so great. Okay, I already got this figured out. So the aliens in this case are the authors and <laughs> and artists of the comic book that I'm in. Oh, thank you. I was about yep. to say that. Yep. And uh, so no, I- the sidekick <laughs> is he like a hack comic book writer that's just kind of following like oh, <laughs> erasing stuff. I, I think it is. Well, yes, but it is a comic book artist who is really just completely disenfranchised with the entire superhero genre, and he wants to draw and write something else. So my sidekick is somebody that no one else believes exists, but I, I, he affects reality around me. So he'll make things like appear and disappear because he, he brings them into existence. Mm-hmm. And also I can just turn to my sidekick who is like off the page, right? The fourth wall and, um, and ask him for help or like, can you look forward a couple pages and tell me like, hey, what should we pack for this expedition? And then like, you know, but he's, he's mad at me. He's not a happy guy. So he might not be helpful, which is the GM a lot of uh, leeway to wiggle around. Um, and then, oh, yeah, so I think good. that's it. So we need a name for my. Uh, oh, and then, then obviously the um, uh, what's it called? Manipulation. Substance uh, mimicry. Substance yeah. What is mimicry. that? Yeah. Um, I think is that, that like... I can take on the texture and weight of any other substance. So yeah. I can become lead or fire um, or water. Like it's just pretty, okay. pretty open. Um, so I like the idea of it. You have to touch it to turn into it. Oh. Um, so maybe like you have all these kind of like pockets you like reach into and turn into lead <laughs> or you reach into and turn into gold. And when you team up with retrograde, who shows up, his utility belt is full of all sorts of new materials Brilliant. that, like, you can turn into. So it, like, adds to your repertoire of, like, <laughs> things you can turn into. Is it bad that my first instinct to name this character is Hot Pocket? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for a Deadpool-type character with a no, really like, goofy name. I think it's got to be something like Jeffrey. Or, like, oh. just, just, like, a normal name. Like, like Robert. <laughs> no, no, no. It'll be... um. Todd rocks because like I think he learned his power by touching a rock and he turned into stone oh my but you know and it's just like it's a coincidence that his last name actually is something that connects with his power because that happens and that the artist hates that coincidence (laughs) right so that's uh that's Todd rocks rolling his eyes Todd rocks I love that and also it sounds like something a 12 year old would come up with like my guy's name is Todd rocks so it really hits uh the trifecta of like ridiculous the, the fourth wall breaking like the aliens that are the writers <laughs> they should be like children. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're in a children's comic book. This is oh. so already a very different tone than the last set of yes. heroes. All right, yes. Whew, it's time for David's hero. Um, you have rolled fat manipulation. <laughs> um, and super lubrication. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, good luck. Good oh. luck, my friend. <laughs> okay, so you rolled cyborg, but I kind of want to re-roll to alien. <laughs> All right, and then uh, your upbringing is country bumpkin. Oh my, Cletus, it's his name. <laughs> he was part of an abduction some time ago. And ever since then, I've been able to manipulate my fat. Okay, uh... <laughs> You got, uh, how long do you have to live, <laughs> and what do you want to accomplish before this power destroys you? That's... Oh my god. This Ooh. is horrifying. Whoa. This is like, this is a... <laughs> this has to be the aliens that are the children that are writing this. Like... <laughs> this is... <laughs> Uh, this is definitely the worst combination I've ever seen. I, I think it's the greatest. Fat manipulation, super lubrication, <laughs> alien, country bumpkin, and it, your power's killing you. <laughs> yeah, this is pretty terrible. <laughs> so I'm imagining, um, oh man, I, what, what I is have, fat manipulation? It just you can change the you weight of your body. Super so you can, fat or super skinny. Become obese or yes. as thin as a rail at mm-hmm. will. So, like, you could dive off a building as, like, a skinny athletic person, and then, like, as you're about to fall on someone, just become 800 pounds. Oh, okay. slam into them. <laughs> Interesting. So, I, so I imagine <laughs> I have fat manipulation, but it only goes in one way. <laughs> oh, you can't go back? <laughs> so you get fatter and you cannot return? <laughs> yeah. It's like oh, real no. life. Oh no, that's not a superpower. I have that power. <laughs> oh my gosh. What do you manipulate other people's fat? 
Oh, yeah. So you make so, your riches, like, with liposuction, but it's really just a mutant power? Yeah. Oh, no, and you have to absorb their fat. Oh, like, there it is. And also, you are from the same family <laughs> that the puppet master is, but your power just mutated to suck fat out instead of the blood. That's so funny. So now they're siblings, but dramatically yeah. different. Oh, this is oh. horrible. So you're like a friend to Hollywood stars. Yeah. You just, like, walk up to them and they lose weight. Yeah. But you gain weight. Yeah. I can, I can give weight to other people, but... I have to, like, touch them to, like... It has to be willing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Consensual fat. Consensual fat. That's some words I've never heard together in a sentence. <laughs> and then, oh, um... And then I imagine, like, I could also turn the fat in my body into, like, grease that I shoot out. Gross. Oh, my so, wait, you God. lubricate others with your fat. It's like I'm getting grease. sick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You can make fried chicken out of... Out of... <laughs> oh, oh my god wow disgusting. <laughs> oh. okay okay so uh what's your name david oh man <laughs> faticus i just want to be big mac there it oh. is there it is so we got retrograde big mac <laughs> and, and, and was it john rock todd rocks todd rocks todd rocks <laughs> <laughs> see and this Look at this. We randomly rolled on a table and we ended up with an absurdly different game, right? Like the first one we rolled was like a hyper dark, like gritty, almost like crime drama feeling. Um, well, this one is just an absurd fourth wall breaking um, romp, like comedic romp where it's just going to be absurd. I'm I'm really glad that we did this because oh my gosh. I've forgotten how fun it is to just cooperatively make up heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Even rolling something, and because there's room for interpretation a lot in here, and that's important to note. Like when you see these tables, um, in the instructions, I have a note about that some powers can be interpreted very differently. Mm-hmm. So when I hear super yes. lubrication, I imagine David can lubricate himself and just like fit through you know any small space, <laughs> but he sees it as lubricating others. Um, which is very different. <laughs> <clears throat> Maybe that should be a D&D spell, lubricate other. <laughs> lubricate. Oh my gosh. It's just oil slick. <laughs> um, oh, um, so, yeah, I mean, that that is one of the appeals to the super random system is that you as a GM uh, and you as players, you don't know what kind of tone of game you're going to play. Um, you could show up and be like, okay, it's time for a gritty crime dra- drama. Or you can go up and be like, okay, we are basically the Avengers. Or you could roll up and suddenly you guys are breaking the fourth wall <laughs> um, and you have fat manipulation. And so like all of these different um, tones, it gives you the, the bliss of being able to step in and get excited to roll the dice because it will affect the entire genre and tone of your game. And it's fantastic to play a game you were least expecting playing that night. <laughs> wow. Oh. Well, with all that being said, I think it's time we move into the question vault. Psych. Psych. There's no question vault this week. Instead, we're here to tell you about our brand new Patreon. Yeah, so um, we just launched our Vox Arcana Patreon, and we have several different tiers. Um, So the first tier uh, is the... uh, We try to give them little fun names. The first tier is called Potion of Monetary Blessing. Uh, It is $3 a month. Um, and in that case, you get access to our Patreon page where you can see different posts that we make just to our patrons. And you also can uh, see the polls that we put up where only patrons can vote. Um, and you can help determine where the show goes. Uh, so we might put up a bunch of different questions that people have emailed into us. Um, and you can pick which one sounds the most interesting. Um, so you essentially can help us pick topics uh, and pick different questions for the question vault so it kind of gives you guys some more creative control over the show Uh, the next tier is the five dollar per month tier Uh, it is called the bag of holding more episodes Uh, i've actually heard several of you listeners say that you have been uh, listening to old shows again because you are just craving more content well this is the tier where you get more content Uh, so this is each month you will get uh, a feature length uh, additional episode that you can listen to. Um, a lot of them will be much more silly um, or much more 
focused. Yeah, they might maybe may a deeper dive. Um, so some of them might be reviews of different adventure modules we've ran in the past. Some of them might just be a bunch of outtakes of us just cracking up to the point that I have to edit it out. Um, so all of these uh, patron-only episodes will release once a month, um, and if you're you're on that tier, you will get access to those. Um, additionally, in this tier, you will get access to all the PDFs that we talk about in the show, including what we have been talking about this episode, the super random system. So if any of this sounds super fun to you, like maybe uh, trying this, this system out for yourself, maybe you have a bunch of friends that you go, oh, they would never play Dungeons and Dragons. But hey, they like Marvel movies, you know, they might potentially be able to be pulled into the world of role-playing games through this system. So if you are in the $5 per month tier, uh, you will get access to the Super Random system and any other PDFs that we release periodically as we continue. The next tier is the Wand of Bestow Wealth. This is $15 per month, and this is where you get access to our private Fox Arcana Discord server. Um, so this is where we generally plan episodes or just talk to each other about D&D. Um, you will get access to that. And so you can pop in, ask us questions. We're always around um, and we'll be able to uh, eventually get around to answering all the questions in there. So if you've been sending us a bunch of emails or you've been uh, contacting us a lot, maybe you're like, I don't want to wait a month or two to get my my question in the in the question vault. This is a way you can get your questions answered very quickly. Uh, and the final mega tier is called the Orb of Destruction of Poverty. This is the big leagues. Uh, we're limiting this off to five patrons. Um, and each month you will get access to a one-hour session with um, at least one or two of us. Hopefully all three can make it. But uh, we will give you a basically world-building, dungeon design, uh, game mastering, consultation session. Uh, and each of us will try to help you fine-tune your game. Um, in addition, we will also be playing a game of Dungeons & Dragons once a month that you can be a player in. So if you are in this tier, you will join into a, a game dungeon mastered by one of us where the other ones uh, will pop in as players. Um, so that is our highest tier. But if you enjoy our show, if you like what we're trying to do here and want us to produce more content, this is the place to do it. So you can visit our Patreon page uh, at patreon.com slash Vox Arcana. So now it's time for our review corner. Each week we want to uh, read some of our favorite reviews from iTunes. Uh, this week's review is from uh, someone named Butterlover. <laughs> uh, fantastic nice. username there. Uh, so Butterlover said, uh, I love this podcast. It's amazing for newer players, but also goes in-depth enough to give veterans and dungeon masters stuff to think about. I love it. Less than three. <laughs> which I assume means heart. Uh, thank you so much for the love and your kind review, Butter Lover. <laughs> if you want to have your review read on our show, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Thank you for listening to this very special episode of Vox Arcana, episode 19. I'm William. I'm Jake. And I'm David. We'll see you next time. If you liked our conversation about Super Random and want access to the PDF that started it all, remember that you can help us unlock even more content by pledging on Patreon at patreon.com slash voxarcana. Excelsior!